It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Please take your Bibles. Once again, turn back to the book of Galatians in chapter 5. We're going to move on from where we were yesterday. What have we been dealing with so far this week? It's been law or grace. And what was the purpose of the law? We said that was to prove every man guilty before God and to show us it was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. It was showing us our need of grace, our need of God, because we couldn't live righteously ourselves. So then we said the law was fulfilled in Christ as well. Christ came to this earth under the law, lived perfectly under the law, and then was able, because of his life, to redeem us from the curse of the law. But when Christ died on the cross, and this is what we dealt with yesterday, the law was finished on the cross. And Colossians chapter 2 says that he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, that was contrary to us, and that was in the way, nailing it to his cross. The law was fulfilled in God, but when Christ came, that law was, I'm trying to find the exact verse that helps us say that, that that law was given so that when Christ would come, it was given until the the seed would come. There's where it is. Wherefore then serveth the law, in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 19, wherefore then serveth the law, it was added because of transgressions, notice the time limit on it, till the seed, which is speaking of Christ, should come. There was a time limit on the law. It was there from Moses to Christ because of transgressions to show men their sin. But when Christ came and died, the law was finished. Christ on the cross blotted out. He wiped out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. The law could only bring a curse. Its ministry was condemnation. Christ wiped it out of the way. It couldn't bring righteousness. It couldn't bring holiness. The only thing it could bring was condemnation. Christ wiped away our condemnation. Now we are under grace. We are under now the law of grace and the law of love. Now this is something we're going to begin dealing with from Romans 6 on and here in Galatians chapter 5 and on. And even, I believe it deals with it probably some in Colossians as well. We are under grace and love. Now, does that mean we can live loose? Absolutely not. Romans 6 deals very hard with that because that was the next question. And it it naturally comes when we've said the law has been wiped away. The next question that is naturally asked, if if we don't fully understand the purpose of grace, and the purpose of the law, the next question is, well, then is, what was sin, sin anymore? Or, what then? Shall we sin that grace may abound? Paul's answer in chapter 6, verse 1, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Keep that in mind. God still intends for us to live holy, but we're not dealing with matters of legalism anymore. We're not dealing with keeping the law to be for our justification or for our sanctification. 
We're not keeping the law to be justified before God. We're not keeping the law to be saved. We're not keeping the law to... to uh, let me read another verse to you here real quick. Here's the problem of the Galatians. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit by salvation, are you now made perfect by the flesh? They thought that, okay, we get saved by grace, but then after that we have to keep the law so that we can be holy in the sight of God. The law couldn't bring that. So we come to chapter 5 of Galatians. And here's Paul's opening line. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What is that yoke of bondage? That is the law. Paul, right before this, gives an allegory of Abraham's two sons, and they are picturing law versus grace. Law was cast out when grace came on the scene, because the two systems cannot coexist. Christ fulfilled the law. The ministry of the law has been fulfilled. It, it made its purpose. It lived its time limit. Now it's time for us to live under grace. What does that mean for us? For one, grace brings liberty. But we need to read a little bit farther here before I really start to deal with all this. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Those that are trying to live, keep the law either for salvation or after salvation, he's saying, listen, you need to understand something. If you're going to keep the law, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole Law. Why are you trying to keep the law when you've already messed it up? The whole, the only way law could ever justify you or make you holy is if you kept it completely, perfectly from the day you were born to the day you die. No man can do that. Every one of us have sinned. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. That phrase is important. Remember that. We're going to come back to that. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded. But he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. I would they were even cut off which trouble you. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Now notice this. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's all we need to read. We are under grace. We are not under law. 
What does that mean for us practically? Does that mean we have liberty to live in sin, to do whatever we want? Absolutely not. He says, use not that liberty for an occasion to the flesh. All the flesh would love to make much of that. The flesh would love to corrupt God's purposes in this. But God still intends for us to live holy. Here's what happens. Our motive has now changed. We are under a system of grace that not only redeemed us from the curse of the law and declared us righteous before God, but now it makes us righteous before God and it gives us the power to live to a standard we could never live to before. The law said, do, 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 or else you're going to be judged. When mankind sees that kind of a, a, of a commandment, especially ones that tend to have penalties with it, there's something in our flesh, we want to break it. We see the sign that says wet paint. What do we want to do? We all want to go touch it and see if it's still wet. We see the sign that says speed limit, 35 miles an hour, or speed limit, 65 miles an hour. And what does some of us want to do? And when you were younger, you probably are more ten have more of a tendency for this than when you get older, maybe. But we see a speed limit sign like that, and... In our flesh, this is what comes to mind. I wonder how far I can get past that before I get caught. That's flesh. Our motive is one of duty. You have to or else. We can't keep law like that. When there's a law given, our flesh instantly wants to break it. And many times we end up breaking it. Grace brings liberty. God wiped away those ordinances of do this, do this, do this, observe this day, observe this time, observe this year, observe this month, do this, sacrifice this way. When you sin here, this is what you've got to do to make it right. Do, 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 do. Grace says it's been done, it's been done, it's been done, it's been done. The fulfillment of the law, the whole purpose of the law was to show us Christ. It was just a shadow of what Christ would bring under grace. Now we are under grace, and now we can live by grace, and it gives us liberty. Because now we operate off of what? That phrase that we read in verse number 6. But faith which worketh by love. Verse number 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now we operate under the law of love. That takes things a lot farther, but the motive is different, and it's so much easier. If you remember in the New Testament, one of the, the um, either the scribe or a Pharisee, I can't remember who it was, he can't, it, was it was a lawyer, I believe, that comes to Jesus they're trying to trap Jesus, but the lawyer asks, which is the greatest commandment of the law? They're trying to get him to put a higher priority on one over the other, and no matter how he answered that, they were going to try to tear him up. And say, well, what, you know, why is this not more important? Well, Christ knew what he was after, and Christ answered it in a way he couldn't, he couldn't get it out of it. And then he tries to justify himself because Christ's answer hit home, and Christ finished it up. He said, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus saith, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he says, the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The whole law, all the moral law, is wrapped up in those sayings. 
When Christ moves in our heart by grace, there's a love placed in us by the Holy Spirit. If I love God, I won't have any gods before me. I won't take his name in vain. I won't mistreat his day, his time. Because you remember that third commandment, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And I believe the fourth one, and my mind is slipping right now. But those first four commandments dealing with us, with God, us towards God, are taken care of when we love God. Because when we love God, we're not going to do any of those things. We don't want to. Under the law, we wanted to. We just couldn't because there's a law that said we couldn't. Under grace, God's done so much for us. God's delivered us from that curse under the law. Now I want to please Him. And if I love Him, I'm not going to do any one of those things because I want to. Or because I don't want to. I love Him. Why would I do that? If I love my neighbor as myself, I'm not going to murder him. I'm not going to steal from him. I'm not going to lie to him. I'm not going to commit adultery with his wife. I'm not going to covet his things. All the rest of the law is fulfilled in that. Because I love him. When God moves in in the spirit of, of grace in our heart, there is love placed in us. And now we can live by law. We can This law of love, we can live in a way where if I love others right, I am not going to do them wrong. I am not going to do God wrong. And now all of a sudden, I'm fulfilling every one of just those ten commandments automatically. Because I want to. I love God. And I love His people. And I'm not going to mistreat them. I want to represent Him right. You see, the motive all of a sudden has changed. And where I did not have power or liberty to live up to that standard before, because now of grace we have liberty, we don't have to be under the law anymore. Because the law puts us under the wrong motive again. It's do, do, do. It's duty. But when I'm under the law of grace, the same things are still wrong morally. The sin is a moral issue, not just a transgression issue, not just a law issue. Sin's a moral issue. But all these morals are taken care of when I truly love right. And everything that I'm supposed to keep by the law, I can keep under grace. Simply because I love God and I love people right. And there is the power of the grace and love of God. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email Back to the Book Broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.